We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Strong by Design podcast. This is Mike Westerdahl. We've got a very special guest with us today, great friend of mine. We've been friends about 10 years now. He's the founder of Get Lean in 12. He's a world-class copywriter in the health and fitness industry. He's a video marketer, and he's got four best-selling fat loss programs. Today, I'm going to introduce you to my good friend, Sean Hadsall. Thanks a lot for being here today. So excited, Westy. Thanks for having me, my man. And we're leaning into these mics as we've, been, in. as we've been instructed to do. We can't pound on the table. <laughs> exactly. So if you hear any weird noises, we are rookie podcasters, not exactly, <laughs> but doing the best we can. So Sean, tell us, how'd you get started in the fitness industry? So it was back in 1998, uh, probably the defining moment of my life uh, was when I placed first runner-up grand champion in the world's largest body transformation contest called Body for Life. And if you're in your 40s, you probably remember who Bill Phillips was because oh, yeah. you know, he pioneered all the supplements through direct mail right before the internet came to be. And that was a really a turning point in my life because before I entered that contest, I had been lifting weights just for something to do after sports in high school. I got bored. But what ended up happening is I really didn't have no direction with my life. I was, you know, several different careers throughout my early 20s, really didn't want to go to college and started hanging around a lot of the wrong people. I mean, at one point, I remember I was dealing LSD. Wow. <laughs> it was before my daughter was born, you know, and then once my daughter was born, that really kind of gave me a reason to live. And it kind of really, was, to me, was evidence of God's existence. You know, I was raised as a Christian, but, uh, you know, through your teenage years, when you're, you kind of have doubts, get to agnostic points because- of, you know, changes you go through trying to find your identity in life and all that. But when my daughter was born, it really brought back my Christianity, my beliefs. And so when I read about the contest, I had read about a couple fathers who were really struggling with divorce and other relationship challenges with their kids and how they overcame it by doing this contest. So that was really the core reason why I entered Body for Life. When I read those stories, I'm like, you know, this is what I want to be. I want to, I want to be there. I want to be the type of person that my daughter looks up to. Yeah. So the contest really got me away from these toxic environments and these toxic friends. And it forced me to start hanging around more positive, like-minded people at the gym and build new relationships. So through the contest, you know, it completely transformed my life, not just my body. It was how doing that leaked over into every other area of my life in a positive way. So at the end of this 90-day contest... It was a great bonus side effect that I had lost 18 pounds of fat and gained five pounds of muscle at the same time. Yeah. And I had my dream body, but that body was really just a reflection of all the amazing things that had happened to every other area of my life. I had got joint legal custody rights of my daughter during that contest. Like I said, landed a modeling contract, got an appearance on ESPN, was in several fitness magazines, and obviously got away from the toxic relationships in my life. Yeah, it's amazing. A, a transformation contest, which you think is just about your body, and it winds up being a 90-day life transformation instead. 
That's amazing. So, I mean, you were working out and into fitness and stuff before that, but that was kind of like something that really catapulted your career in fitness. Yeah. So, you know, after the contest was done, I wanted that the gift that I had received from my transformation that had, I thought, improved every area of my life. I mean, even the broken relationships I had were mended at the end of that. And so I wanted to kind of give that gift to everybody else, you know, that, that wanted it. And so I became very passionate about fitness through that contest. And uh, I was always complimented on my ability to absorb knowledge in the health and fitness industry. And I think when you're passionate about something, that's kind right. of, it happens naturally. And so it just kind of was a natural fit for me at that point in time. So I started being a personal trainer at Lifetime Fitness in Troy, Michigan. And that was kind of my entrance into the fitness world. Um, but I think like every other trainer, I burned out. You yeah. know, I started doing the 50, 60 client hours a week. And yeah, I was making probably 60, 65K a year, which as a young trainer in my early 20s, that was good money, especially 20 years ago. Um, and I just burned out. And so I ended up leaving the fitness industry for a while and going into the mortgage industry and chasing the almighty dollar, right? And uh, well, there was only one thing that I liked about that industry. I despised everything about it until I got a paycheck. Right. And so that really, what that was is more of a learning experience um, on my ability to be good at sales and to be able to sell. And so I, I wanted to carry that into the fitness arena because it, chasing the dollar just didn't make me happy. I got to a point where I was making well over 100K a year and I could care less because I was miserable. Yeah. So I started selling for Lifetime Fitness. I went back to Lifetime Fitness and started doing some sales with them. And that's where... Uh, how I met my wife, Karen, and her and I. Did she work there too? No, she just worked out there. I actually okay. met her through a mutual friend on her birthday. Um, I never thought I'd meet my wife at a bar, but it was at a bar. <laughs> but anyway, Karen and I met and she was very passionate about fitness. You know, she's divorced, has three kids and, you know, didn't know what she was going to do because the kids were all getting older. So her and I decided to open up a personal training studio franchise together. And she helped me actually finance that. She was actually part of my bank, like oh, nice. my bank. And the thing was, is we were just friends. We didn't even have an intimate relationship. She just wanted to be a part of it because she want, she didn't know what she was going to do. And the kids got older and went to college, right? So we opened up fitness together, which is still in existence. So you opened up fitness together together. Exactly. And we did that in Ann Arbor. We, we selected the Ann Arbor territory because it was available and we just knew that it would do well because of all the money there and the, the affluent people there. Right. So we opened up that personal training studio and became very successful very quickly um, until 2008 when the crash hit. So we ramped it up for five years, almost five years to be number eight in the world. So there's about 380 franchises at that time. And we were number eight in the world. And then Fitness Together came in and selected me as a, as a superstar, they called it. And they had a big feature on me that they sent out to all the potential franchisees along with an audio CD. And they featured me as the superstar in there. And so that was kind of, you know, my mortgage experience was paying off. Right. right? Your sales um, experience exactly. coming in handy there. Right, exactly. And so what ended up happening is, I opened up a second studio and started getting burnt out on that because now I was babysitting trainers and the overhead in Ann Arbor was extremely high. I mean, I remember in months where we'd make eighty dollars to $90,000 gross and I'd be lucky if we kept eight to 10 of it mm. because the overhead was so expensive and, you know, payroll for trainers and all that was so expensive. And I was reaching about 1,200 people locally between both studios. And I started seeing Mike Westerdahls of the world. <laughs> Online, right? So I started seeing the Vince Del Monte's of the world. And I realized, you know, if I take this online, 
You know, now instead of reaching 1,200, we're reaching, you know, literally thousands and thousands of people. I mean, you and I were talking about this today, Mike, the videos that we filmed five, six, seven years ago on YouTube are actually still being watched by people and right. providing value. I mean, a lot of us started the same way. Vince, I, we were all personal trainers. And then when we moved online, now we get 50,000 views in a day across our videos and we get disappointed that we didn't get the numbers that we're trying to get. But that's 50,000 people. That's a small football stadium of people that are consuming and getting access to what we're trying to get out there. And that's a lot different than how many people you can reach one-on-one -on -one, or even if you have a brick-and-mortar location. I agree. And that's the beauty of today's day and age is we can leverage technology to reach more people quickly and you know, now we're not just limited to our local area either, right? We're helping right. people worldwide, which is awesome. You're not born with toughness. It has to be developed. Discover five ways to become tough as nails like Sean. Go to strongbydesigntough.com, enter your email, and download this special report for free. Now let's get back to the show. What ended up happening is after I kind of did some intel on all you guys, I realized, you know what, I can do this online. So we, I had a client who owned a tech company and I said, Hey, I need to help with my local advertising for like Google AdWords and stuff like that. Right. Cause the, it was, this, remember this is 2006, 2007. Yeah. Right. So, um, things are obviously a lot different now. So that's how I met Ryan Colby. And he's my business partner now. So about two or three years later, I made him 49% owner of my current company, which we'll get into details about that. But I think it's an important part of the story because Ryan's been instrumental. Yeah, for sure. You know, in all of this. And that's how I met him. So it's funny how you look back at things and there's always like, you don't really see God's plan until it's hindsight, right? You well, know? still so, so far listening to this plan, it sounds like a giant success story. It's like winning the transformation contest, starting a fitness studio and, and being the eighth biggest one in the country, the sales experience in the mortgage industry, all of this sounds amazing and great stuff. So the stuff for people listening is like, when has Sean st struggled? Like, what did you have to go through? Because so far, this sounds just like- We're about ready to get to this story. <laughs> right. So after you sell it, you decided to get yeah. online, you make Ryan a partner in the business. From there, it was just easy, right? Yeah, right. It's an overnight <laughs> success story. End of story. Okay, we can end the podcast. Yeah. So what ended up happening was a doctor that owned the studio in Plymouth, Michigan, which was about 25 minutes away from our studio, she wanted Ann Arbor so bad. And, you know, we had scaled it up to be number eight. So it was worth about 500K. So I wanted to sell it because we only had about 150 into it, take that money and start getting lean and 12, my current company um, online and do what you guys were doing. Because I wanted to get rid of all the overhead. I wanted to get rid of the babysitting headaches and all that. And of course, we all know that the grass is not necessarily greener. And so those three doctors that ended up buying it, this doctor had two other partners. And they were kind of like an investment group. And they bought the studio from me, put $15,000 down on it. I think we had a sale price of like, it was three hundred and eighty k at the time mm. we agreed on. And they never paid me a dime after they dropped $15,000 on the deposit. Wow. So they just didn't pay me and didn't have an answer for me. And of course, this was at the same time 2008 was kicking in. So we just had the crash. So banks weren't lending. So they were having struggles getting their financing, even though they're doctors with great credit and deep right. pockets. The banks were just, they were being tight then, right? So what ended up happening is I didn't know what I was going to do. Here I'd sold the studios. She had bought them. She hadn't paid me. So the next year, 
the next year was fighting back and forth with them trying to get their money before we actually had to file a lawsuit against them. Now, during that year, we were forced to live off my wife's inheritance because the money that I wanted to get from the sale of that studio never came through. And of course, you know, I could pinpoint about 10 mistakes I made along the way during this whole process and we all make them. Um, but at the same time, it's just a matter of learning from them. You know, in hindsight now, I'm glad I made those mistakes because I learned from them. But Well, it sounds pretty cool just how supportive and uh, how much trust she had in you. It seems like right from the beginning, she was involved very heavily financially. Right. Getting all of this started from the studio to the next business. Exactly. And it got to a point where she felt like a bank instead of my wife. And uh, we started drinking too much um, to deal with the stress. And then that just led to emotional instability, irrational behavior. Uh, it got so bad to the point where I finally moved out and actually filed for divorce. Wow. I don't even think I knew about that. Yeah. So um, probably the hardest thing I ever went through outside my wife's cancer journey, but we can talk about that in a minute. Um, so yeah, I literally had downsized my car. Um, purged all my credit cards and everything. I was down to nothing. And I, I literally packed up all my stuff. I put it in the trunk of a Chevy Cavalier, a little old Chevy, beat up 2005 Chevy Cavalier. And at 40 years old, I moved in with mom. Wow. And I uh, started staying at my business partner's house in Ann Arbor at his apartment. I would sleep in his office a couple of days of the week so we could work together because we never gave up on the company. We just kept pushing. So this whole time, the reason that we were failing with the online stuff and what you guys were doing at the time, you know, Vince and all you guys, obviously we, we observed everything that you did, but we made one crucial, huge mistake. And I think that this can apply to a lot of areas in life. And that is, is that we viewed you as competition. Rather than viewing you as business partners and friends. And I think in today's world now, it's more accepted. We're all about collaboration, right? I mean, competition really can be collaboration if you set up the right relationships. Right. So, and this this industry is different than a lot of industries, especially if you came from mortgage or, right. or banking or the supplement industry even. I mean, it can be ruthless and everybody's a competitor with everybody. It's I think it's how people think of business in general. Right. You don't work together. You try to like take your competition out and be the best. But, but like it's a scarcity mindset to think that way. Exactly. You think you're fighting over the same piece of the pie, but who says that's how, how big the pie is? Yeah, There's opportunity for everybody. Pie is big enough, especially in our industry. The pie is big enough for everybody to get a tiny sliver and have enough, right? Yeah. So what ended up happening from there is, you know, I, I was basically at the end with my wife. This all blindsided Ryan. I hid this from him, all the stress and financial stress that while we were building Get Lean in 12. And he had actually quit his job, come full force with Get Lean in 12, but we weren't getting any traction. And the reason was, it was one single reason. We didn't have relationships that we needed. So we bought List Control, which was a marketing program by Frank Kern. And we used it on our own email list that we had built off of a free CD offer. Um, force continuity free CD offer where we gave people an audio CD in the mail and they just paid shipping and handling. Then we put them on our email list and, and try to market to them and provide value to them and build relationship from them from there. And so basically we had success with that. So we used Frank Kern's list control. And it's like, wow, we just made five grand in five days, which was huge because we were losing money. Yeah. You know, and with that program, I got a ticket to Frank Kern's event in San Diego and Ryan, you know, he had had his epiphany. He realized at that point in time, listen, man, 
we've been failing miserably here for two years. And didn't Ryan go back and get Yeah, it? he actually went back to his job. Yeah, he was like, work. this yeah. isn't working. I got to yeah. I gotta make some money. Right. But then this next part of the story, what happens there? Well, I so I told him I didn't have the money and I couldn't really afford to go. And he said, dude, we can't afford not to go. If we don't meet people, we're never going to make it. So I bought a ticket, obviously put it on a credit card, flew out there. I stayed at a Super 8 hotel that was about 10 blocks from the main event and everybody else was staying at the hard rock cafe right so they're you know they're in these three four hundred dollar night rooms and you know i'm trying to just get you know a super eight because i was skimping every penny i could and so i went to the event and i remember the first person that i saw was joel marion and he was sitting in the middle of the conference room and uh Big red balloons bouncing all over the room. This rap music's playing. And Joel's sitting there all by himself. Everybody else is in a huge crowd outside. And I see him. And I knew I had something in common with him. And Joel was like one of the – at that point in time, he had just launched Cheat Your Way Thin and Extreme Fat Loss Diet. So he just did the first seven-figure launch in our industry. Exactly. So he was first place grand champion in the Body for Life contest in 2001, three years after I was. So I knew we had that in common. And I was nervous as hell. But – I couldn't get to him because he was in the middle of the room. So I literally started climbing over tables <laughs> and I'll never forget. He looked at me like, who in the heck, you know, what's this freaking guy coming at me, climbing over tables for, right? Like he's probably like, well, who's this psycho? <laughs> so, but anyway, so I introduced myself, say, Hey, we had something in common. So the next thing you know, he's introduced me to Craig Ballantyne, Bedros, Vinny. And, you know, a day later I was out to dinner with him. And the first thing that I did is friend Lisa, Joel's wife, uh, she was my age and we had something in common. She's 11 years older than Joel, and my wife's 11 years older than me. And so I'm like, I know if I can get in good with the wife here, I'll probably be in pretty good shape. <laughs> so, I, I get, so I came home and ended up uh, joining a mastermind with Craig and Bedros, Craig Ballantyne and Bedros Killian. And went back out to Newport Beach a, about a month and a half later to see Joel speak. And we actually uh, joined the mastermind the company's completely in debt. We threw it on a credit card and just were like, this is it. It's like do or die for us. And right. Survival you know, mode right yeah, there. And Joel gave an, a speech on the 11 things that you need to do to recruit, to recruit super affiliates. And we all know back then, if I could get Joel to support me, then everybody else is going to see me and that can get the company to take off. Right. So right? for you guys that don't know, an affiliate is just another business that can help promote your brand or products and they get paid a, a commission or incentive on that. So in our business, if you don't have money for advertising, it's pretty much the only way that you're going to get some exposure other than the slow organic way of just building up a fan base over the years. Exactly. So Joel listed out these 11 things. I went home and did all eleven to him personally. Right, trying to recruit him right to be your affiliate. And I knew you know he had just did that seven figure launch. Everybody was vying for his attention, and I wanted to like stand out. So I did all eleven things to him, and then I had a bobblehead made of him. And I, I remember putting the bobblehead on the credit card, going, "I can't afford this bobblehead." Yeah. I remember him talking about that. Like, right, he definitely got his attention because I knew he wouldn't forget that. I knew like I knew I had to do something unique and different, and that got his attention. And Joel is actually going to help me launch uh, one of my carb cycling products called Four Cycle Solution. And he had say, you know, I was working with him on creating the name and I gave him like six different names and he came up with Four Cycle Solution, which is genius because it's based on four cycles and it's carb cycling. And uh, I think Lisa got pregnant and he backed out at me. And I remember because all my hope was in that, you know, all my hope was in that basket, 
right? And so when when Joel backed out on me, it just deflated the, you know, air right out of my tires. Right. And so I sent him a very aggressive, abrasive email about how I thought it was unacceptable based on the fact that I did all 11 things to him and, you know, kind of pounded my own chest and acted a little upset. And he replied back and he just said, don't burn the bridge. And he said, we'll revisit this later. And so I I responded back to him and apologized because I was very emotional. And a month later, he invited me to I Am Fit Fest in, in Austin, which was put on by Josh Bizzoni, his current business partner with Biotrust Nutrition. Yeah. Well, this sounds like it's building up here to a boiling point in survival mode of like, you can't take another hit at this point. I mean, this really is starting to build up from, from living in the car to borrowing finances to spending money for a mastermind that you didn't have, doing everything it takes to network and build relationships where people aren't willing to do this kind of stuff to get somebody's attention. In all our lives, there's somebody that we need to network with or reach out to. And what are we doing to stand out or be different or get their attention in a different way? You're doing all the right things, but it's not paying off yet. I mean, how did that affect your faith then? Or you know, what were you thinking of God at that time? Like, why isn't this working? It's a great point and a great segue because it was, I mean, at this point, you know, I got my brother telling me you need to get a real job. I got my mom and dad saying, Sean, you know, quit chasing your pipe dream. You know, and my mom and dad were always very supportive, but at the same time, you're like, you got, you got to provide for your family here. And so I kind of agreed with them. I actually started up a boot camp, and I remember Karen wanted to kill me when I did that. Um, but I just need to pay some bills at that point in time. I was right. so desperate, but I knew my heart wasn't in it. It was, I was only doing it because it, number one, it was fitness. So I knew it could keep my interest somewhat. And number two, it would be a way to make my wife, keep my wife off my back. Well, just provide, just, right. pay, pay just some to bills. pay some get, bills. Get exactly. By. And so I, I ended up going out to the Austin event. And again, you know, here we are, this is almost a year of doing things that we're actually putting us in the hole. This was not, we didn't have any capital. I remember the, I remember the last 12 K I borrowed from my wife and she said, this is it. You're done. When this is gone, you're done. Wow. <laughs> and so uh, I went to the I am fit fest and I was mentioning this to you earlier, Mike, like I did not have anything to offer any of these affiliates other than what I did for body for life. You're like, at that point in time, we never even had a product. We just had a continuity program in place, but I went there and I knew I was going to meet everybody. And uh, the only thing that I had to really get people's attention and stand out was my body. So I honed down. That doesn't sound so good. Please clarify. <laughs> <laughs> so I honed down. Let me let me clarify. <laughs> so I honed down for six weeks hard. Right. You know, I always stay in decent shape and just got completely shredded to show up at this event because I didn't know what else to do. And it got Mike Gary's attention. And this is a critical turning right. point in my this life. This guy's a huge influencer in the health and fitness market. Ca same caliber where Joel Marion is at from uh, the Born to Impact. So, I mean, when he's mentioning Mike Geary, for those who haven't heard of him, he's a very important uh, person in the business to to work with. His companies did over $100 million last year, so it just puts it in perspective. So, um, But that's also a direct reflection of the people he helps. we got to remember that too. But um, anyway, I met Mike. He's like, dude, how do you stay so ripped? We ended up, we're at the bar together. And of course, you know, we had a couple of drinks together and started talking shop. And I went home and I designed a free report for him based on the protocol that I used to get ripped for the event. And I sent him the free report with like a cheesy cover on it that said special gift for Mike Gary. Yeah. And he replied back and said, hey, I love this report. Let's mail this to my email list and put an affiliate link for your product in the end of the report. Again, that's personalizing, going above and beyond, doing something different, standing out. I mean, I, something like that might have happened to me once in like 20 years. So 
Again, you're doing that. Yeah. You're not born with toughness. It has to be developed. Discover five ways to become tough as nails like Sean. Go to strongbydesigntough.com, enter your email, and download this special report for free. Now let's get back to the show. So all these things kept happening to me, like these little things like, you know, having Joel invite me to the event. It was always an email. It was always a message from somebody or, you know, Joel sent an email about something else I need to be on the lookout for. It seemed like every time I wanted to quit and just shelf get Lena 12 and give up, God would give me a sign to keep going. Just one little encouragement. Every time. Well, isn't that a point for everybody too? Mm-hmm. We, we think what we say isn't a big deal. It doesn't matter that much to people. But the right word at the right time to the right person is, is all the difference. Exactly. And that's God using you right there, thinking what you're saying doesn't matter, but it, it can be the world of difference to somebody. Yeah, and I think if, there was, if, I, if you were to name one thing that got me through all this, it would definitely be my faith, right? So, so when Mike emailed me back and wanted to, wanted to promote our product, I kind of, you know, crap my drawers because I didn't have a product. <laughs> we just had a continuity program in place that was six months fixed term. And if you don't know what continuity is, it's just a monthly subscription, yeah. like Netflix, something like that. But anyway, so in 48 hours, I created a product and a marketing funnel. <laughs> That's intense. And that should usually take like three to four months for <laughs> right, most people. <laughs> exactly. Especially nowadays. But so I sent it over to Mike and I remember I look back at that sales page now, how terrible, how terrible it looks compared to the copy that we do nowadays. Right. But Back then, people were more responsive, and Mike had the biggest email list in the industry. So the minute he sent my product, all the other affiliates and business partners in our world saw it, started reaching out to Mike to see if it was making them money and doing well and helping people. And we obviously, we want to review the product and make sure it's high quality and it's going to help people. And that was it. From there, it was a hockey stick. Uh, the company literally took off, and I think I was mentioning to you, 2010, we had negative negative $12,000 was on the P&L. Right. You know, in the next year, it was 880K. That's that's amazing. Right. Again, it looks like it just happened that year, but there was a lot of character building and things that you went through that led up to that next year. Right. And there were some pivotal points that we just talked about. But again, those did not just land on your lap. You had some, I think you had people... Uh, like motivate you or help you along or give you encouraging words. But ultimately you were busting your butt that whole time. You've thought about quitting, but you didn't quit. Yep. And, and you kept working through this. And I think it's a big business lesson for people. I think they, they think something lucky happens. You catch a break, but I'm not going to call this a break because you went after it and you were creative and you made this happen and you took advantage of opportunities that were presented to you. A lot of people get invited to things, but there's an easy, I can't afford it. I can't go. Right. We've done this. All of us that have struggled, we've put things on our credit card that we couldn't afford to go to. We've gone to things we couldn't afford to go to. We've eaten at dinners we couldn't afford to be eating at just to build those relationships. And it's not about using people. It's about giving value to people, helping people and building like true relationships with people. And then that always comes back. And here's where it did for you in that year. Because leverage, right? I mean, that's what you're getting is when you're building these relationships, you're creating leverage. And, you know, it does start by adding value and it does start by getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, two two pivotal moments. If Ryan, number one, didn't kick me in the ass and make me go to that event, I would have never met Joel. And number two, if I didn't have the balls to climb over those tables and right. get out of my comfort zone, I was scared to death of re- being rejected by Joel. 
you know, yeah. I didn't know who, you know, and that much about him other than what I studied online, you know, but if I wouldn't have made, did those two things right there, this story wouldn't exist, right? This lifestyle wouldn't exist. Exactly. Right? So. Which action is always going to trump your fear. Sitting there and analyzing it, deciding the best strategy, exactly how you should do it. You got to just keep moving in the right direction. Yeah. Keep fail, taking action. Fail forward, man. Right. That's exactly. Right. Speaking of failures, what other kind of failures have you seen in uh, the current business, Get Lean in 12? Well, all kinds of them. But the one point I wanted to make is throughout this entire process, my wife and I, even though I had filed for divorce, we never did get a divorce. Uh, I withdrew the the filing. Our uh, faith got us through. We were um, both huge believers and we always loved each other and we're still best friends throughout this entire process. I completely understood and empathized with where she was at with me and I didn't blame her for wanting to kick me to the curb at that point after everything I had put her through, right? Um, but she went to church one day. And it was a service called The Helper. And it was a church, that, a non-denominational church called Northridge Church in Michigan that I had introduced her to several years before that. And it was all about how she realized that the inheritance was there for a purpose and a specific reason. And God provided that inheritance for us to survive off of because of the bigger picture, which was Get Lean at 12. So I'll never forget. It makes me emotional talking about her leaving church and calling me and telling me, honey, it's all okay. I don't care anymore. I realize this is all part of God's plan. And, you know, long story short, we started mending fences from there, got some counseling and, you know, got back together. I just, I just got the chills too, because, you know, I'm friends with your wife and our wives are friends too. And I didn't know this part of the story, how instrumental she's been in the success, which whoever the entrepreneur is, husband or wife, you absolutely need this support from your spouse. We were just talking about this with our, our mentor that we're working with now, Randy Davis. And it was like, I asked him the question, and I'm sure that you would agree. How can you possibly succeed and take these risks? Because there's a lot of reward. People see the reward part, but they're not hearing about the risk and the failures and all the trouble that it goes through to get to the other side. And without a spouse that's willing to let you fail and be supportive of it and be there for you during it, I mean, those... I mean, you have to have their support. Could you imagine a wife that stood in your way and said like, no, we're not doing this. You need to go get a safe, secure job where we know know how things are going to turn out. To me, that's not safe and secure. You can get canned or fired or leadership can make a decision affecting you. You know what? If you're an entrepreneur running your own thing, there's no guarantee you're going to succeed, but you're you're going to be able to react. You might see it coming in time to dodge it. So... Yeah. And Karen's like, I always say, you know, she's the water under the boat, you know, like, you know, I'm the captain of the ship, but if the water's not there. The ship's not moving, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and she, and, and what's awesome about all of this and, and all ties, it's, it's amazing to look at God's plan in hindsight and how it all ties together. Karen was diagnosed with colorectal cancer when uh, about two years after we started uh, the studios in uh, Ann Arbor and we caught it early. Um, so we elected to do a mild round of chemo and radiation just based on the doctor's recommendations of giving us a hundred percent guarantee it would never come back. And when she went through the chemo and the radiation, it basically forced her into premature menopause. Wow. Um, and we used that story because she had gained a bunch of weight through the process of the chemo and the radiation and afterwards, no matter how hard she tried, nothing would work. And so we started using some of my techniques that I use with our marketing funnels and she lost like 22 pounds in 10 weeks, 
you know? And so we use that. And I, so I took the cancer story and the exercise and the diet hook from her transformation. And that's how we built out our marketing funnels for right. the next several years for my company. Well, so without Karen's cancer journey, none of the, like, really, we wouldn't, we would have had to come up with some other way to build out all our marketing funnels. Yeah. Thank God she's alive, first of all. Right. And then to use a challenge or a struggle like this, why does God send us storms? We had another podcast talking about this. And one of the reasons is so that we can use that to help other people and make their lives better. Now, marketing to some people is like a dirty word. You're like tricking people or convincing people to do something. But we're not trying to get you to eat ice cream sundaes. And we're used, marketing can be used, I think, for good or evil. And here you took a... You took a struggle, you took a, a horrible situation and used it for good to show people, you know, how they could benefit if they use these strategies and improve their health. So, so, and it's, you know, it's our audience too, our demographics is people over 40, you know, obviously most majority of our buyers for my company anyway, because we're fat loss geared and with Karen's story, it's mostly women. So they can relate to the menopause thing because they all struggle with that. And I think that it, it's a good point to make, Mike, is that you know, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get focused on the metrics and the numbers and the trenches, right? Every single day, not realizing all that data is actually somebody who has a heartbeat, right? They have dreams, they have goals, they have desires. Most of them are quietly, desperately begging to be led. And you know what? It's our obligation to lead them and to remember that every person that does pull out their credit card and buy something from us, we've just helped change that person's life in a positive way. And I think if we just focus on the amount of people that we're helping that the monetary and the business and the operations and the marketing side of the business will take care of itself. I mean, God can move mountains, but you got to bring your shovel, right? Exactly. Right. So, but I think that focusing on helping and serving others and putting their needs and values first, solving problems, adding value, motivating, inspiring, right? I think all of that, if you just focus on that, then the business side and the money side just works itself out. I mean, would you say then that, um, Helping people, caring about people, the more people you help, the money will follow, follow exactly. that. Exactly. Which is a hard thing to wrap your head around, I think, for a lot of people. But I can, I can say it's been completely true for us too. The more, more we give, the more we tithe, the more we help, the more we give back and the more we care, the better business does. And how do you prove that in a business book or look that up as like a law? I can't prove that to you, but I'll tell you that it's been true, true in our business and true in our life. Law givers gain. Right. I mean, the cheesy old uh, line from Zig Ziglar, right? The secret to getting everything you want in life is helping others get what they want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a cheesy statement, but it's true. I mean, and every time and going back to the mortgage stuff, you know, every time I ever did focus on just the money, I hated life. And I wasn't really focused on helping and serving others with my gifts, my spiritual gifts, right? So I knew this was my calling because, you know, God put his hand upon this and he blessed it. And so we've decided to you know, take those blessings and, and pay it forward like you guys do a lot. And so early on, Ryan and I started a partnership with Living Water International. And they install water wells in third world countries and very impressive follow-up system. They make sure that there's a 10-point inspection each village has to pass. They follow up with maintenance on the wells. And then, so we actually went to Nicaragua for three years in a row to do a mission trip to install the wells. So we were paying for the wells through the sales of our products. Right. And we were going there to, and helping install the walls because we just, we didn't, you know, helping monetarily is great. But when you become the hands and feet of Christ, it changes your life. Because the thing is, is you go to do stuff like this. And I encourage everybody out there, just go get back and serve 
to somebody that's needy in some way and do it at least once or twice a year. Because what ends up happening is you think you're going there to change their life because these people wake up every day. They're just looking for food and water, man. They got, they, they're sweeping their dirt floors. I mean, they're walking around with cell phones because technology is cheaper than the vegetables and the water. Wow. It's, it's insane. And when you spend a week there, you think you're going there to change their lives and, and you are. They're, they're, they're like so grateful and appreciative and happy people and all that. But what ends up happening is you become changed. Well, they, that's what I was going to say. They how, change you. Like you go yeah. in there thinking you're yeah. impacting and changing right. their lives, which you are. But how did it affect you? How did your life change from seeing you're this right. and talking to the people? I think everybody should do it. Yeah. I, mean, I can tell you that. I mean, I come home and kiss my floor, you know. And I mean, Karen and I, when, you know, Karen left church that day, just backtracking a little bit, and we started mending the fences. She just, she was in. I mean, she was all in at that point. She knew we were turning the corner. We, she knew we needed to get on the same page. We short sold our house, downsized into a condo, a you old used beat up condo. Um, and, you know, I, so I'm, I'm sitting here kind of like with a little bit of plum disease, right? Poor little old me before the business started turning around, yeah. right? And so when I got home from my first mission trip after God had blessed us and put his hand upon the business, I just literally, I got on my knees and I kissed my floor. I mean, I was that on my knees, that grateful after spending a week there. I mean, you can't flush the toilet paper down the toilet, guys. I mean, <laughs> you got to... You're going to wipe your butt and it's going, it's got to go right in the garbage next to you. I mean, these are things that we take for granted every single day. So I think what we don't realize is that two thirds of the world's wake up every day with no water and food. And we just jump up and switch on our light switch and turn on the water and flush the toilet and don't think anything of it. But we're really blessed and richer than two thirds of the world right. just for having that. Which I don't think we think about enough. Right. Which and so that those trips reminded us of that. It always put it in perspective, right? And so now, uh, last year, we impacted 55 water wells. It's amazing. And how many years? Three years now? Yeah. And I just saw Ryan Colby, your business partner. He did a testimony on his Facebook page and he put the dollar amount. I mean, it wasn't it close to like half a million dollars yeah. you guys have donated yeah. there. And then we've worked together on stuff too. We've gone out to the early to rise thing in Denver and we did uh, Toys for Tots. So it's a bunch of entrepreneurs. We go out to Denver and there's one day of seminars for business building and learning. And then the next day we go out on the buses to all the local uh, Walmart's and the U.S. Marines comes out. And how how much money did we do those couple th- years when we went I there? I think it was like one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars worth of toys for kids. Yeah, I mean it's awesome. Yeah, it was it was cool. It's awesome too because we take the team out there and do like a team bonding event, so the team goes shopping for the for the kids. Yeah, and the team wants to be part of this kind of stuff. That right. makes everybody feel like they're contributing, they're helping, they're part of something greater than themselves. So, I mean, it's an amazing business to be in helping people with their health and also being able to give back to children in the community and all parts of the world, really. Yeah. And, and one thing that I want to make sure that everybody understands is that we were still tithing through this entire process, my wife and I, when we didn't have the money to make the house payment, I think I was like nine months behind on the house payment. We still tithe. Because we just knew that if we, you know, if we tithe with faith and give back a portion, we still had more than we could ever deserve, even though we felt like we were at the bottom of the barrel. Right. Right. But we still tied. And I remember being nervous about those ties several times with Karen, like being nervous. We can't afford it. And, and, and we both would pray and we'd say, you know what? We can't afford not to do it. We just kept tithing. And then, you know, obviously. Well, it's a tricky thing because – we think that when we tithe, when we give, we'll, we'll be blessed, right? But that's not the reason for doing it. But it always works out that way. It's amazing. Yeah. 
You just have to be <laughs> accepting of his timing because sometimes it can take a while. You got to have patience. And it did. But he also, along the way, there were signs everywhere, right? That, you know, so that's why I never quit and, and never gave up on the mission. So, you know, here we are today. And I think we got a team of uh, 12 people now. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, great people. I mean, you guys also just had your team retreat this year yeah. out in Utah. And what did you do there for, for the charity team building? We did our yearly planning, uh, you know, how we can help and serve the audience more and customers more and all that. And then we did, you know, a day on the boat and we, you know, did yard games. We went to Ronald McDonald House on Friday night when we got there and served food to like 50 people. Um, heard some amazing testimonies from these kids that have cancer. And so the whole team went in. We cooked tacos for the – Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Again, it was one of those things where, yeah, we're going to give. We're going to give. And then all of a sudden you leave and you're like, no, we're actually going to get. Like you get something when you're going to give and you're actually getting something, right? Yeah. So – I mean, your team's been called the go-givers before. Right. Just a few times. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. But I mean, again, just talking about – it's got to be one of your company core values is just gratitude, which is one of ours as well. And that kind of – must lead into, I would imagine. I haven't heard you explain it in full detail, but you have a morning ritual that you do called the hour of power. And I would imagine you have to have some gratitude training in there. Yeah. The gratitude journal is a part of that. And uh, I can dive into the details of this. It, it could take, sometimes it can be a 15 minute session. Other times it could be a 90 minute session where I just call it the hour of power because that's where I feel like I get my power from. We'll start at the beginning. Why'd you start this routine? And, uh, and like, what does it look like? Uh, 2008, I built my first mind movie. Um, I think I stumbled across the marketing funnel that Ryan and his business partner, he sold the company a couple of years ago, but they started a company called my movies and it intrigued me. It was all about the law of attraction. Now I'm going to have a disclaimer right out of the gate that you can't think your way to success in any area, whether it be wealth or spirituality, you can't think your way there. Like the secret, the old book, the secret, right. you know, the, the problem with the secret is they didn't attach something to it. It's called massive action. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so it doesn't matter how much you focus on the law of attraction, the law of attraction should be the catalyst to take action. And I think that that needs to be the focus on the law of attraction. Change your thinking so that right. you can take action. Um, and so uh, I, I was intrigued by some of the testimonials, right? That these people have built out these mind movies and their dreams were coming true. And at this point in time, I was pretty desperate. So I built one out and, you know, by the end of 2011, every slide on the mind movie came true. And what it is, is it's just, uh, I think I have nothing else matters by Metallica playing in the background. Yeah. And it's just slides of every area of my life. So I, I talk about the six F's. So faith, family, friends, finance, fitness, future. Okay. Perfect. So all those areas are in the mind movie. I start out with faith first because I always think, you know, put God in the center, everything else comes together. And it slides with words of what I want to achieve in those particular areas supported by pictures. And the first one that I made, the slides that I had on there, I remember the first time Karen watched it. She's like, you're nuts. How is this ever going to come true? And I'm like, I said, just have faith. So then three years later, I had to make a new one. And I think I've made, I'm on my, like my fourth one now. So I make these slides and, and, you know, I, I watch this mind movie and read through these slides and visualize these pictures. And then what ends up happening to me, it's just manifest itself in, in, in my life. Because again, 
I'm using that as the catalyst to the actions that I'm going to take on a daily basis. So I try to do the hour power at least four or five days of the week. Sometimes I do it seven. Other times I do it three. So you right? make, so you make this movie. Right. And then what? Do you watch that movie watch each it, morning? And I, and I have a rule. I watch it on my iPod, my old iPod, because I don't want to be connected to the internet. And I usually will go on my sauna, my dry sauna, all alone where it's dead quiet and there's no technology or interruptions. Because otherwise, you're going to get distracted and it's not going to be effective. So when I watch that my movie, the last thing I need is text messages coming in. Right. Right? You need to be focused on that my movie. You need to read it with conviction. And you really need to let it penetrate your heart and your mind. And if you do it consistently, and then I, and I follow it up with goal cards as well. So I have a stack of goal cards that support the my movie as well. And so I'll, I'll cook through those. And re- just scan through those real quick. Again, it is encompassed by the six Fs that I discussed. Right. Right. So, and then there's the gratitude journal. And then I always do a devotional and prayer. Okay. Right. So sometimes I watch the mind movie on the treadmill. You yeah. know what I mean? It just depends on what's going on and all that stuff. So is this, so, is this a morning? It is a morning ritual, but there are times where I can, I'll do it in the afternoon. Like if I have deadlines for business and I want to get up and I know I'm going to go to the gym and just think about those deadlines. I'll work instead and then work out later. But 90% of the time, it's done in the morning post-workout. Okay. And could take up to an hour, but not necessarily? No, no, no. Like I said, sometimes I'll just quickly do the devotional, the gratitude journal, and the my movie. The my movie's five minutes. So I can be out of there in 15 minutes, right? How often? You said you change it as you need to. Are there anything you change your mind and you take it out of the movie or you replace it? I think things evolve and change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not everything's coming true. Like Weird stuff happens. Like I had a slide on there. Okay, that said we were going to go to South Africa on a safari. Right. Okay. A year later, Joel Marion took my fam, took Karen and I and 16 other people on a two-week dream vacation to a safari in Africa. Yeah, which Dan Long said was the most amazing vacation ever. Yeah, it was so weird. I had that slide, right? Yeah. And then I had a, I have one slide on there about enjoying fine dining, right? And it was, I just had replaced this a couple of weeks ago and we just got down here to Naples and we went to a restaurant and I like pulled it up on my phone. I told Karen, it's like we were sitting there and it was the, the almost identical colors and, and view in the home. That's amazing. It's just, yeah, it's crazy what ends up happening when you, you know, you got to believe, you got to take action, all that stuff. There's no woo woo stuff here, right? right? It's all based on being in the trenches and getting your hands dirty. Like I picture myself as... Entrepreneurs were like shucking through a bucket of oysters, getting all cut up, finding our pearls, right? That's kind of the way we're getting all cut up and just learning how to deal with it. And sometimes this happens and we don't even realize it where um, like, for example, here at the office, we have a gym connected to the office, which is our filming studio and where we have team workouts and things like that. And um, I had a friend who I worked with in the past. He came by to visit and check it out. And... Um, it had been a few years since we had worked together, so I hadn't seen him in a while. And he comes in, and he's like, this is awesome. He's like, I knew that you were going to do this. It looks like exactly the way you described it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, in 2008, you told me that one day you were going to have a gym. You said you'd have the stretching area over there. You said the power rack was <laughs> going to be right there. He's like, it looks just like the way you explained it to me. And I didn't even remember telling him about this. And here we go and like project what the future is going to be and kind of speak it to life and it's almost like <laughs> yeah you know it's never a guaranteed option no, but, no, no, but, but it, it d- does build your faith i mean it really right. does when stuff like that happens it builds your faith and and, and also it builds your risk tolerance 
Well, again, we talked about taking action and massive action, and this is part of faith. The definition of faith is not knowing the result and doing it anyway. That is what faith is. Right. You were talking about failures earlier. What other failures? I mean, we still have them every day or, you know, every week in our business, we still have marketing failures, right? But, you know, again, it's like being rejected. Like most people are afraid to be rejected, but we also know each rejection makes us stronger and gets us closer to the yes. Right. It's part of your only way you're going to evolve, only way you're going to learn. Nobody gets it on their first try. (laughs) There's a lot of failure behind that. And most people don't want to experience that failure, so they don't get to step through to the other side. And we have a T-shirt, actually. Um, it says, greatness awaits. Hashtag step into the fear. And it's like the fear, the part where we don't want to go, the uncomfortable part, that's where the growth is. It's like stepping into that, doing the challenging stuff, the uncomfortable stuff, the scary stuff, all the awesome rewards. Climbing over the tables to get to the Joe Marion's <laughs> right. of the world, right? Like that's the right. stuff. I mean, looking at this quote on your wall here, Westy, and, you know, from Winston Churchill is one of my favorites, right? Success is the ability to go from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Because if you, if you view, you got to embrace failure, see it as a positive because every failure means you're one step closer to the success you're looking for. And in today's day and age, especially with the younger kids, and I'm not picking on millennials or anything like that, but with these participation trophies, I mean, how these kids are getting trophies for participating. So in other words, they're not feeling like they lost. They're not feeling rejection. And if we protect them from that and put a bubble around them, how are they going to go into the real world and be able to deal with it? Well, we're all going to fail at some point. Exactly. And then if you've never felt that or dealt with it in a in a loving environment where it's safe, then what in the world's going to happen when you face that in real life by yourself as an adult? It's a scary thing. Right. You know, the most valuable thing that I ever got out of this entire journey was character development. Exactly. You also, we talked about the words resilient and relentless. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I just think that failures, you know, they build your res- the resiliency. Like if you can, you know, if you can face your fears, you can face your failures, you can embrace your failures. You know, it's character development that builds resiliency. You're not born with toughness. It has to be developed. Discover five ways to become tough as nails like Sean. Go to strongbydesigntough.com, enter your email, and download this special report for free. Now let's get back to the show. We think, I mean, even in fitness, right? It's easy to rationalize and say, oh, eating this bad food one time, it's not going to hurt me that much. And you know what? You're right. If it's one time, it's not going to hurt you. But what you do consistently every day for years is going to add up to something very big. So in fitness, it's going to add up to getting very healthy over a few years, or it's going to add up to being very obese in a few years and unhealthy. So in fitness and a lot of industries, everybody wants the quick fix. How can I be you know, healthy soon in a matter of days or by taking a pill. That's like the quick fix thing. But in real life, the way to all of our results is steady change, every small choice adding up. And sure, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have failures. But in business, especially, it's all these small choices for long periods of time, all adding up to something. Consistency, not perfection. You know, right. that's always been my motto. I use that in all my marketing videos on our Facebook and YouTube channels. I always talk about, you know, 
if you if you screw up, who cares? You need to get up, dust yourself off, and start over again tomorrow. And that could be a diet or it can be anything in life. But I mean, we're still like we sit here and we talk about this story and all this stuff. But I mean, still to this day, every day I wake up and I'm very very aware of my own weaknesses, right? That I still have to work on. Yeah, right. It's like give ourselves some grace too, you know. Exactly. So, but uh, on the hour power stuff. You know, I think it's important to customize that based on your personality, what works for you. I found that that's what works for me. Um, and I think that uh, at the very least, the gratitude journal is like a requirement for everybody. Just to, if you look at the science behind gratitude, it's pretty amazing. I posted a Facebook post a while back, got a lot of attention. And it had like six different studies on there showing how gratitude and forgiveness People who are grateful and forgave others live longer, have less disease, are happier, make more money. So there's something to well, be what said. Does it, what does it do? It, it makes you makes it hard to worry and right. be mad about certain things. When you're, it's hard to do them at the same time. I don't think you can. You can't be thankful and upset about something or mad about something at the same time. Exactly, it's impossible. The two emotions can't exist together. Right? Yeah. Right. You cannot be grateful and sad at the same time. It's impossible. And if you do this first thing, it kind of gets your mind on the right track to start the day. And there's a lot of this momentum building and snowballing of starting on the right track versus starting kind of behind the eight ball. You know, it's all about really, this is all about thoughts. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. The reason I love doing this in the morning versus in the afternoon is because number one, I won't procrastinate. I'm less likely to procrastinate, but it does. It plants the seeds, Westy, for the whole day, right? So your your thoughts become seeds, some become flowers, others become weeds. Right. So you need to think about what you think about. And I honestly tell you, I think that that's one thing that I've, I, haven't mastered, I haven't mastered, but I'm damn good at it. And I have a series of affirmational words that are triggered every, any time that I'm in a negative situation or like I want to get road rage and not play the alpha and you know give somebody the middle finger or whatever. I have this trigger where I start saying my positive affirmations. Yeah. Because I don't want to go down the rabbit hole getting pissed off at somebody because then my adrenaline spikes and I just ruined my health, right? And just got in a spot I don't want to be in. Yeah, I do it. With, with young young children, it's easy to get your buttons pushed and kind of <laughs> lose your temper. But you need to set an example for them of how to control your own emotions and realize that no one else is in charge of how you feel. That's that's your job to decide yeah. if they're going to affect you or not. So I like to say I am a powerful person. Only I control how I feel. No one has the ability to cha- to change my feelings. You know. So yeah, it's you know, it's, it's again, it's the old cliche, right? It's not what happens to you; it's how you react to it. Yeah, right. And I think that, that throughout my entire journey, that's been you know reacting to negative family and friends to tell me to quit. I just kept going. I just kept going, right? Actions speak louder than words. And, you know, you know, here we are, 2018. You know, this is Karen and I's fifth year spending our winters in Florida. We live in Michigan. We have six grandkids now. Um, number seven's on the way. Congratulations. Thank you. And so now because of this lifestyle, because of, honestly, my relationships with guys like you have completely transformed my life in ways I'd never imagined. I mean, I'm 47 years old and this is my fifth year spending my three months in Florida. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a dream come true. Um, but I never, ever take for granted where it comes from. It comes from all these relationships and it, and it comes from God because he brought those relationships into my life. Yeah, it's the, it's the environment we're, t- we're talking about, being around the right people that are thinking the right way. And I think we 
must have cultivated the same way of thinking, a lot of the same mentors, read a lot of the same books, and it wasn't easy. But step one for me was just getting away on a daily basis from people that were not thinking the way that I wanted to. So just awareness or acknowledgement that I did need to change the way I was thinking. And then it was a gradual work in progress, just from being in the right, joining a mastermind you couldn't afford to be in, going to conferences to be around the right people that you couldn't afford to go to, reading the books, taking the courses, going to the events. And over time, now I can't think that other way. Actually, that word can't isn't in my vocabulary, except for right now when I said I can't say can't. (laughs) You've surrounded yourself with the right people. That's what it's all about. I mean, I always love that exercise of, you know, you I was learning from a guy named Matt Dela Cruz. I went to a goal seminar when I was in the mortgage business. And he said, write down the five people that you hang out with the most on a sheet of paper. And he had a workbook and we we're working through it. And I wrote down the five. And at that time, this is before, this is before I got away from all the shenanigans, right? And stuff. So that was a wake up call for me. Like sometimes you can't, you know, surround yourself with the right people because you're forced to be around family and stuff like that. Maybe at your job or right. your family. Well, most of the time, you can control who you But those you hang five people with. could be a podcast that you listen to every day and you get yeah. an hour of this person in your life. They right. may not be your best friend, but you're being influenced by them. We're influenced by more than just people we talk to. You're influenced by what you watch on TV, the books you're reading or not reading, just right. the, the environment that you're in. That's why it's to the environment, not just the people. But eventually, you want to get to the point where you're with people, where iron sharpens iron. People are lifting you up, and you're not using them because you're stepping your game up so that you can help and contribute and bring value to the relationships as well. Right. And there's, you know, if you look at research in multiple areas, I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious if you're going to, if you're going to hang out at a bar, you're probably going to drink. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of, and people who hang out with overweight people gain, gain more weight. The research shows it, you know, like, you know, it's, it, birds of a feather fly. We become who we hang out with the most of the time. So I, I'm not saying like point a finger at anybody because anytime you do, you got three pointing back at you. Right. Right. But what I am saying is be consciously aware of who you're surrounding yourself with because that is your future. Right. And then it's deciding how close you want to let people too. Because there's people we have to be around sometimes, but are they in your inner circle? Right. So just kind of protecting your mind. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I could, I can kind of close things out, Westy, with a, a few things that I think, you know, just kind of a summary of all this that takeaways that people could actually use and apply? Yeah, that's kind of was going to be my question. What encouragement or advice would you give to people that are struggling now, wanting to step it up, thinking about trying something? I think think the number one thing, you know, is fail forward like we talked about, right? Embracing failure as a positive, not a negative, and having that perspective is, is the key foundation, first of all. But I also think that you need to embrace rapid change. We don't like it, but we're living in a world where it's part of our everyday life. I mean, we're exposed to more information in half a day now than our previous ancestors were exposed to in their entire lifetime. Yeah. So we need to just embrace rapid change, which is hard for a lot of people. Um, But I I think it's important no matter what you're doing in today's day and age, you need to embrace the change. Um, And I think being in the room was a huge one, you know, like be in the room. Like if I wouldn't have went to that event, climbed over those tables to meet Joel, and I wouldn't have followed up and went to Newport Beach and watched him speak and did those 11 things to him. And I wouldn't have went to Austin and met Mike Gary, right? I did all this and I couldn't afford to do any of it. 
So I think it's important to be in the room if I would, and because that's really what it's about. Is and in, you know, it's not about what you know; it is about who you know. That's really yeah. Right. And another way to put that is keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Keep building yeah. those relationships. Exactly. And this is a rule that I have found to be true: that when you make friends and make the right relationships, people find a way to help you. And that's just from keep showing up. Yeah. I mean, I look at Joel and I, you know, he backed out on that product launch, but since then we've been partners on like several marketing funnels together and, you know, he's one of my best friends now, yep. you know, so, um, and then lastly, give back, like we talked about earlier, just serving and giving back. I think that needs to be part of everybody's life, especially if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you probably turned on a light you probably have some water in your faucet and you probably flushed your toilet today. So you have more than two thirds of the world. Yeah. Those are great tips, man. Thank you so much. I think such value for the listeners today. So what else do you got going on right now? What are you excited about? Do you have any projects you're working on? Yeah. If, um, my brand new diet that I just came out for, I'll come out with, it's called the Over 40 Hormone Reset Diet. You can go to over40hormoneresetdiet.com and check that out. And that's my latest diet product. And it's based on a one-day diet hook that is strategically designed to help people over 40 years old reset hormones like leptin, their thyroid, all this stuff. And I can just kind of let the cat out of the bag since we're on a podcast. And it's based on different philosophies of intermittent fasting. Okay. And I don't talk about that on the webpage at all because it scares people away and they think they're going to be hungry. Right. But when you get inside the plan, we've had more positive feedback on this diet than any other funnel. So I'm very excited about it. And I know that it just in general, for people over 40 years old, intermittent fasting, scientifically evidence-based, proven now, to help people live longer, right? To autophagy, where you have cellular cleansing takes place while you're fasting. Growth hormone can increase over a thousand percent. Your body releases adrenaline, which converts to fat burning hormones. You're releasing more glucagon, which is a blood sugar hormone that releases triglycerides from your fat cells. And so all these amazing benefits, you balance out your circadian rhythm from intermittent fasting. And there's several different ways to do it that we share with you inside the product. Because again, it's like the mind movie. You almost need to customize it based on what will work for you. Because the reality is there's a hundred ways to skin the cat. The best diet or the best exercise plan is one that you can really adhere to. And that's what gets me excited about this one because it gives several different variations of intermittent fasting. Which I don't, you don't even call it that. It it is, but it freaks people out sometimes. So you're just skipping certain meals at certain times. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, and for women, as you're doing is, you know, it's basically 12 hours, I recommend for women, 12 to 14 hours. But you're sleeping for most of that anyway. You're you're sleeping, you know, should be sleeping six to eight hours of it. But I know my wife only sleeps about four or five. So, but yeah. yeah. I'm excited because it is going to help a lot of people. I'm excited to get that in as many hands as possible. And then, of course, you know, that's a catalyst. We take a buck from each sale and we put that towards the Living Water International deal. So anybody who's interested and grabs a copy, you'll be helping us with our cause. Awesome, man. Really appreciate it. So, yeah, check out over40hormoneresetdiet.com. Again, this is Mr. Sean Hadsell with us today. Thank you so much, my friend. And we do have a dinner to get to tonight. So let's, let's wrap this up. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.